Good evening. Hope all of you are doing well. Guten Moid. We are ready to get started. Guten Moid. Uh, tonight we're learning Masechas Shkolim Daf Ches, and we're starting on the bottom of Zion and Bebez, um at the new parak, the parak of the Shlosha Prakim. Um, we will uh, just do one block tonight. I'm still trying to chip away. We'll get there. We'll finish Shkolim at the same on the same day on the appropriate day. But this whole Passover thing is uh, beautiful. Uh, the Mishnah here opens. We previously learned in this Masechta, right at the beginning of the Masechta, that from Aleph Adar, people were already starting to collect money for, um, for the Mishkan for the sake of paying for the korbanos of the tzibur. So um, there were three times a year that they would cash out. They'd reach into that account. There were three times that they'd reach in to take the chazi, the chazi shekel, the machzitz shekel that we would all have given in, and it would be the prosa pesach. Literally, it means with half halfway before Pesach. We don't yet know what that means. It will mean 15 days, but we'll see shortly in the Gemara what that means. These were the three times when they would cash out. They would take out the chazi shekels and go buy animals. Um, and then uh, the rest of our Mishnah, and frankly, the rest of, uh, of this uh, halacha, all the way, the whole first Amr almost, speaks about the following, which is, are these times at which we are, make withdrawals from the lishka for the sake of buying korbanos? Is it the same as the times where we recommend that people do maiser behemos? Says the Gemara, behem, these dates of 15 days before the shalash regalim, behem granos shall maiser behema divir rebakiva. Those are the same times when we recommend that people do maiser behema. And Benazai argues, Benazai says, no, that, the times are not the same. Benazai omer be'esr metisha be'adar. No. One of the times when we uh, do Maiser Behema is on the 29th of Adar, that Ube'echad Besivan, one is on the 1st of Sivan, Ube'esr Metisha Be'av, and Vetisha uh, Be'av, and one is on the 29th of the month of Av. So we're going to get into all of this a little bit later, but basically that's already two shitas. One shita is that Maiser Behema was done at the same time as the Tormanes Alishka, when they would make withdrawals for the sake of buying korbanos. They'd also recommend to Klal Yisrael to do Maiser Behema. The second is a set of three dates by Benazai. And Reb Lezer, Reb Shimon, Omrin, Becha Benisan, Becha Besivan, Mechav Tesbel, three dates as well. And we're going to get into all of why, why, why these dates all make sense, why these different Mahalchim are Mistaber. If you look at the very last shita, the shita of Lazar and Reb Shimon, it says, Echad Nisan, Echad Sivan, and Chav Tes So it asks the Mishnah, why did you say, just follow your pattern. And so it's like when you take the IQ test, you know, like you're supposed to find a pattern. So this says the first of this month, the first of that month, and then the end of the previous month, of the, of the final month. So Midnay says the Gemara, because that day is taken, the, the Mishnah, excuse me. Midnay Shu Yomto, that day is Rosh Hashanah, the Chol no matter where you live, no matter who you are, everyone is keeping Rosh Hashanah and Aleph Tishrei. And you're not allowed to do Maiser on Yom Tov. So we just pushed it, uh, we, we brought it back one day to Chav Tesel because you weren't allowed to do the Maiser. Why were you not allowed to do the Maiser? What, you can't count? No, the reason why is because the way that we did Maiser was when we let them out of the pen, you'd count out the first nine, and on the 10th one, you'd paint it red. And that's Stoveya on Shabbos, and you're not allowed to do that. And certainly on Rosh Hashanah, we would have the same limitation on Yantiv. This is not one of the Malachi Sochel Nefesh that would be allowed, and therefore, um, the sheet of Reb Shimon and Reb Lazar, who said that Maiser Behemoth should be done on Aleph of Nisan and Aleph of, let me just get it right, Aleph Nisan and Aleph Sivan and Chav Tes Elul. The reason we didn't do it uh, the other way on Aleph of the following month, not Chav Tes Elul, but Al Tisha, was because it was Yantif. Fine. So, says the Gemara as it opens up on the bottom of Zion and Mabes, five lines from the bottom of the page, six lines from the bottom of the page, Amr Rabbi Abo. 
Rabbi Abahu, who at the end of the daf today, we'll see um, a tremendous story about him. He's, he's going to be the uh, capstone for the evening. Says the Gemara, Kol pras palga. Whenever we see the word pras, it means palga. But you have to know half of what? Half of a month, half of a year. What are we talking about? Half of the time between one Chag and the next. So says the Gemara, palga yom kodem Because as we know, there are 30 days that we're supposed to dedicate prior to a, to a Chag in order to, um, in order to learn about that Chag. And that's why each of these um, each of these chagim have that thirty day uh, um, extension, or I should say, precursor that time that's before. And we take half of that time, fifteen days, in order to set aside um, the uh, in order to make sure that we're giving uh, for the base hamikdash to make sure that we have enough animals for the base hamikdash. This is, of course, going back on the ratio of the Mishnah, which spoke about Torm and Belishka, making sure that we have enough. Um, enough animals for the Beis HaMikdash. The Hain Geronos, five lines from the bottom, this was the sheet of Rabbi Akiva. The Rabbi Akiva said that the dates that we recommend for Klai Yisrael to do Meister Behem are, are the same as the dates of Torment Belishka when we do a withdrawal to buy animals. Says the Gemara, This is the time when animals are most likely to give birth. The animals are most likely would give birth in um, in the spring and in the summer and in the early fall, but not so much in the winter. It's just uh, their mating seasons were such that it was around Nissan. We'll see later today in detail that that's the case. And that's uh, approach number one, uh, the Shita of Rav Yochanan, that this is the time that the animals were born. No, that's not why. The reason why we do the Meister Behema now is so that there's a lot of animals that have already been Meusar, so that people could sell them and that people could make uh, be able to enable others to buy them and therefore have animals for uh, the Shalash uh, Regalim. To make sure that one doesn't violate the reason why we do this at this time of year is to make sure that there, as when there's an influx in the market of animals, that no one should violate balta'achar, the delaying of the process of removing the, removing the tevel status from an animal and thereby uh, violating potentially. And Amar of Yusa, Kol Hamasha Tivlo over anyone who keeps his tevel for too long, he keeps his uh, animals as tevel for too long, he could technically violate the Isra of balta'achar. This brings us to the top of Daches Amar Tamantanina. We know in our show we have we have to determine what fiscal year. What, when does it start? July one all the way to June whatever. But January you follow the January schedule. Do you follow the membership uh, cycle that shows have, which is pre-August, whatever the case may be. What was the fiscal year? What is the relevance of the fiscal year? We didn't discuss this in the Mishnah. Within the Mishnah, we only discussed when we do what we do. But we didn't discuss which animals are part of the Meister process in order to determine which animals are the 10% of what. So if I have to give taxes on money that I make, it's from January to the end of December. So I have my fiscal year. If I make an extra $1,000 on January 1st of 2022, it doesn't apply to this year. That's in next year's taxes. So the same would be true. What's the Meister? How do we look at the fiscal year of Meister Behema? So this is a three-way machlokas in the Tanoim on the top of Chesmer Aleph, Taman Taninon. We learned over there, namely, we learned in a Mishnah also, Rameir Omer, Be'echad Be'elo. He says that it all follows Be'echad Be'elo, Rosh Hashanah, Lemaiser Behema. That is considered the Rosh Hashanah, Meiser Behema. Rosh Hashanah, Lemaiser Behema is the same thing as saying the beginning and end of the fiscal year. So any animal that's born from Echad Be'elo until the end of the next month of Av, the upcoming month of Av, all of that is fiscal year for Meiser Behema. And if the, all, whatever, that's how, that would be the breaking point. Fine. So then the Gemara says, Rabbi Lazar, Rabbi Shimon, Omer, Be'echad, Disagree. 
They just follow the regular rules of Rosh Hashanah. They follow the Meister Behemah rules. The fiscal year is based on Rosh Hashanah. And Benazai Omrim Ha'elulim, the months of Elul, I can't decide between the two of these shitas. Rav Meir on the top line said that Elul is part of the next fiscal year. You go up to Echad Be'Elul. So, and the second shita of Rabbi Lazar and Rabbi Shimon, they said it's, it's Echad Betishrei. And Benazai wanted to kind of be safe. So he said the Elul's, get measured on their own. So any animals born between the beginning of Elul and the end of Elul was measured separately. We'll get into detail a little bit more. So Benazai uh, Omer, he says the Ha'eluliyim, the months of Elul are always misasrim bifnei atzman, are always, um, their mites are always separated within whatever animals were born that month. Omar Rav Chune, some say Omar Rav Huna, either way. Taima de Rav Meir, why is it that Rav Meir says that it's Echad Elul? What kind of Rosh, what kind of Rosh Hashanah is that? We know in Masechet's Rosh Hashanah that the Arba Rosh Hashanah, but what is the Echad Be'elo? It's a very strange time. So says the Gemara, we need to peel back the curtain here because it, do, it doesn't mean what it seems it means. So Rav Chuna says, the time of the Rameir Ad Khan, have a Mismatzos Leleid Mina Yashanos, Mikan Ve'elach, and Mismaschilos Leleid Mina Chadashos. Really, really the Rosh Hashanah for Maeser Behemoth, the fiscal year begins by Nisan. And the question is, when did the animals conceive? We make the backwards math of if the animal was born before Echad Be'elo, they must have conceived before Rosh Chodesh Nitan. If the animal was born after Aleph Elo, which was because these uh, small chayas had a five-month gestation period, so from Nisan to uh, from Nisan to Elo was the time that they would have the, that they would carry their babies. So if the animals were born before Aleph uh, Aleph of um, of Elul, that indicated that the animals conceived before Rosh Chodesh Nisan. So that's really the line of demarcation was. The fiscal year was uh, Aleph Nisan, but not from birth, but from conception. How do we learn conception? There's no pregnancy tests. So then what did they do? They would just look backwards from the time that the baby delivered and did a, a perfect subtraction of five months of the gestation period. And that's how it all worked out, according to Rebbe That's why he says Echad Be'elul. Echad Be'elul is really code word for really the fiscal years from when the animal got pregnant five months ago, approximately, either before Rosh Chodesh Nisan or after Rosh Chodesh Nisan. But the Rosh Chodesh, the, the Rosh Hashanah for uh, Meister Behema is really Rosh Chodesh Nisan. Rav Yusa Bar Rabun B'Shem Rav Chuna. They hold Tishrei. They hold that it's Al Tishrei Rosh Hashanah. Why? Because it's based on a pasuk Love to Karimaston Elu Habechiros. The pasuk says that when the animals were wearing clothes, what does that mean? That the a sign that they got pregnant. A reference to those who got pregnant earlier in the process of the animals who got pregnant. The uh, the pasuk is There were other animals that got pregnant after Rosh Chodesh Nisan. And what does the continuation of the pasuk say? Yisro. Oh, they were Rayim. They were friends. Namely, the animals that conceived in, before Nisan and Adar, and the animals that were conceived after Adar, all of the after Rosh Chodesh Adar, all of those animals which were then born either in Elul or uh, or up to uh, before Elul or up to Elul, including the month of Elul, they were all together. They were all Re Mafiashiru. They were very happy. The Gemara says we have a pasuk that indicates not like Rebbe. Rebbe wanted to say that the Rosh Hashanah from Meiser Behema was whether the animal was conceived before or after Rosh Chodesh Nisan. And Rabbi Lazar and Rabbi Shimon say, absolutely not. The Pasuk doesn't indicate that way. The Pasuk indicates that the animals that were born before Rosh Chodesh Nisan, that were conceived before Rosh Chodesh Nisan or after Rosh Chodesh Nisan, they were always nichnasin l'dir lihis aser at the same time. So therefore we see that the month of Elul is included in a fiscal year and therefore what's after Elul? Tishrei. So that's what their machlokes is predicated upon. Omar ben Azai hold the Elu omrim kach, the Elu omrim kach, because Rav Meir says on the one hand that Elul is excluded from the fiscal year 
Um, it, it's it's the beginning of the new year, and because Rav Shimon Rulazar hold a different different shita, he says I'm not willing to paskin against either of them. Yehu that the months of Elul, anywhere that they're found in the calendar on any fiscal year, how do we then understand this um, kind of pshara, uh, this compromised approach of Ben Azai? How does, how does it work out? So it says the Gemara as follows. Let's say that there was an animal, there were, there were five animals born in, in Tishrei, five animals born in Av, uh, sorry, skip the line. Five animals born in Av, five born in Elul, five in Tishrei. The halach is Amit Starfin. All of them are measured as separate miser. One is from definite fiscal year current. One is from is from Elul, which we're not sure about. So we do all the Elul ones on their own. And one is from Tishrei, which is the next fiscal year. Everyone everyone agrees. However, no lo Tishrei Av. If an animal was uh, was born on the uh, five animals were born in this month of Tishrei, and then nine ten months later in that same year, that same fiscal year, five animals are born. Pashat harei the mitzvah, they're all in the same fiscal year. So this approach of Ben Azai creates for a bifurcated year in the following way: everything from Tishrei up until the end of the month of Av is one pool. Everything in the in the month of Elul is viewed on its own for Miser. And then we reach the new fiscal year. Basically, there's a suffix about Elul. So Ben Azai treats it kind of loosely. So asks the Gemara against Ben Azai about a 12, 15 lines down, almost a quarter of the way down on Chesmet Aleph. Says the Gemara, I don't understand. Why isn't Ben Azai making a decision here? These were his Talmidim. What, what are you trying to make everybody happy for? You took out the Elul not to go against Rameir. What was the problem? Well, I don't understand. Just pick one. You're, they, these are your Talmidim. No. Yeah, it's true that they're talking about it now, but this machlokes about the gestational, about the uh, fiscal year line of Meister Behema is an old machlokes. Who, who, is, who did the machlokes actually stem from? Who were these greats from the previous uh, generation? It was uh, potentially his Rebbe, Tana Rav Kumi Rav Yirmiya. taught in front of Rav Who were they? Rabbi Shmuel Rav Akiva. They're the ones who were arguing, really, in the previous generation. They're the ones who were arguing about when the fiscal year of Meister Behema begins. Does it begin on Aleph Elul, like Rav Meir said? Or does it begin on Aleph Tishrei, like we saw that Rabbi Lazar and Rav Shimon said at the top of the page? So it says the Gemara, Zosa Meres, we can see from the language that Ben Azai used, that it must be that Ben Azai Chaver vit Talmud Hayadur of Meir. Now, we may have heard the phrase of a Talmud Chaver. Sometimes when a uh, congregant is particularly close to the Shul Rav, the Rav may refer to that person as a Talmud Chaver, which is a beautiful terminology that there's, we're both friends and I'm still the rabbi of the Shul, but we're close, you know, we're still, we're very close to one another. So there's a Machlok as we shown him, how we understand what a Talmud Chaver is. According to a more uh, lenient understanding, a Talmud Chaver is, uh, is someone who you've learned any one thing from, which is everyone. That's everyone. You've learned something from someone. Every Rav should learn something from every Balabas, and every Balabas should learn something from all their friends. Everyone's Talmud Chaver. But there is a more strict line, which is that you have to mamish be a Talmud and then grow to be like your Rebbe, which is much more, uh, much more challenging, hopefully. Uh, hopefully the Rabbi are on, on such a high level. So that the Gemara is going to make a diuk here that says it must be that Ben Azai was not only a Chavar, but he was also a Talmud. Why? Because if what Ben Azai was saying when he said, well, I don't really want to pick like you, I don't want to really pick like you, he was really not talking about the people in front of him of Rav Meir on the one side and Rav Shimon and Rav Lazar on the other. He was really talking about Rabbi Akiva and Rabbi Shmuel. And what did he say? Says the Gemara, in Tema Rabbe, if you want to say one third of the way down, if you want to say there be a, that... Uh, that Rabbi Akiva was a Rebbe to Ben Azai, then 
Is bar nash? Is there a person that would say Omar le Rabbe hol ve'elu amrukach ve'elu amrukach? That was the language he used above. You would never use that language. But oh, oh, since he said that way, no, you would use a term of of, of respect and reverence. You wouldn't say elu and elu. It's not a nice way to talk. Therefore, uh, that therefore we assume that he must be a Talmud Chaver. That Ben Azai was a Talmud Chaver of Rabbi Akiva. Rabbi Avun b'Shum Rabbi Shmuel bar Rabbi Yitzchak Shama lemin hada. He learned it from another location elsewhere in Shas. This uh, elsewhere in Shas is a reference to a machlokas in Baba Basra. We'll get there in years from now. I don't really know when. It's a long time away. So what happened over there? There was a machlokas. And every time Beis Shammai and Beis Hillel argue, we're mitzta'er. And then at one point, Rabbi Akiva had said, I think they're arguing even in somewhere else. So Ben uh, Ben said, Even the ones that we think between Beis Shammai and Beis Hillel are the machlokas. You, Rabbi Akiva, you're Basa, you're coming along and you're saying that it's a machlokas. Give it a break. Not everything can be a machlokas between them. Oh, so from that language, what do we see? It's also Meres, Benazai. It must be that Benazai was Chavar Vatamad Havad Rabbi Akiva. It must be the Talmud Chavar. Why? In Tema Rabbe. If you're going to tell me that Rabbi Akiva was really the Rebbe of Benazai, then how in the world could Benazai say what he said? East Barnash. Is there a person on the planet that that, that would be Omar the Rabbi who would say in this language, Ela Shevasa Lachlok no way that Benazai would talk to his Rebbe that way. Not possible. And therefore, the Gemara concludes that Benazai must have been a Talmud Chaver of Rebbe Akiva. Again, we have to kind of hold, hold a memory of some of these types of things to know the flow of our history. How did our Masorah travel? Was Benazai a pure Talmud of Rebbe Akiva? Now he's Talmud Chaver. It's a little bit different. And we still need the Machloket Rishonim. Is a Talmud Chaver anyone who you learned something from? That should be everybody. Or no, is it that higher level, a higher standard where you have a uh, you know, I, I remember when I was a Rebbe in Hillel Torah, I taught kids that I could see the second they opened the Gemara, their basic skills were significantly better than mine. And I was the teacher and they caught me multiple times in error. And they were in seventh and eighth grade, just sharp minds. They were totally, the only difference was that I knew more data than they did, but their skills were way better. So that's Tom Chaver. Like he's going he's gonna to blow everybody out of the water in just a matter of time. So that we have to figure out what that machlokes is and what, how we define a Talmud Chaver because it has implications about the levels of respect we need to have. Can we be, can we be so blunt with the Rav of our Shola for a Talmud Chaver? Okay. Almost halfway down, Taman at the two dots. Taman Tanin, and we learned uh, in another Mishnah, we also learned earlier today, that we said, that if it were to be fiscal year of the actual calendar year from Tishrei to Elul, and of course, everything in that year would, would combine, obviously not according to Ben Azai, because Ben Azai says that the Eluliim were always on their own. If there were five of them born the day before Rosh Hashanah, in the fiscal year, don't give me bills from 2019 when I'm filing the taxes for 2020. I don't want to hear about your Meister Behema from the previous year. Fiscal year is all of Tishrei. It ends and everything else is in Mitzarfin. Remember where we started today. We started in our Mishnah that there were certain days where Chazal said you should do Meister Behema on that day. Don't get confused, says the Gemara. Those days were not defining in regards to fiscal year status. No, those were just days on the calendar that you should do Meister Behema. But says the Gemara, hey, lifnei ha-goren, ha-goren, just don't get confused. There, there's, a, there's like a, like, it's literally, it's almost like paying taxes quarterly. The fact that you pay taxes quarterly, it doesn't mean that that which is before the payment and after the payment are different fiscal years. No, they're not. You're just splitting up your year to be even. 
the Goren, the days where the Mishnah implies or indicates that one should give out the Meiser Behemoth, those days are not valuable in regards to determining what the fiscal year is. The fiscal year is more global. It's 354 days, whatever the Jewish calendar is. And then Amr of Hada Omeris just teaches us the following. Just as a little background, the Gemara now is going to see, is there an equation between Meiser Behemoth, the development of animals in conception and in birth, Two, the way we view fruits and their miser, because fruits also have to have a fiscal year. What's their fiscal year? Tubishvat. That's what we would ask the Tubishvat. Tubishvat ilanos. What is the value of Tubishvat? It's not just to, just to have the fruits and not only to appreciate them. It was also the fiscal year start for fruits. So would we make a comparison between, let's say, the conception of an animal and the beginning of the growth of a fruit on a tree? And then going back to Bema, would we say that the birth of an animal is similar to when a, a fruit is technically edible, which is a shlish? That's what the Gemara is going to consider right now. Halfway down, it implies from here that it implies that the stages of of conception and of birth are not similar to the stages of ripening, of creating a fruit of chenet and shlish. Chenet is when the when the fruit begins on its begins its small growth on a tree, and shlish is when a fruit grows to the point that it's conceptually edible. Says the Gemara, it can't be that the, the comparison was made because in Tamar Kechenet, if it were to be that our Mishnah would have compared the conception of an animal to Chenet, to the beginning development of a fruit on a tree, listen, then our Mishnah, this Mishnah that we just learned, right at the two dots, a few lines ago, should have had the language of Me'ubarin, those who are uh, pregnant, conception. But that's not what it says. It says, Noladin. And in Tamar Kishlish, if you want to say that really it's like when the uh, the ripening of the fruit, the shlish, when it's edible, is similar to when the animal is born, the immediate day that the animal is born, well, there's a side halacha, not mentioned in the Gemara, but critical to understanding the Gemara, which is that an animal that's just born and not eight days old has no shaykhus to meiser yet. It's not old enough. It has to first be eight days old. So therefore, this animal is really a nothing. And therefore, says the Gemara, in Tamar Kishlish, if you are going to make a comparison, where an animal which is born, a nolad, is compared to the development of a fruit where it's a shlish, and you want to say those are the same. Well, they can't be. Listen, what you should have said is, kolha noladin, all the animals that were born, ad esrim vishnayim be'elo. It should have only set up to the 22nd of Elo. Because any animal born on the 23rd, 24th, 25th, they won't be eight days by the time the end of the fiscal year starts. They're not shy to Meiser. So the Mishnah can't be making the comparison between the world of Meiser Behema and the world of Meiser Peros. Rav Shammai, B'Shem, Rabbi Bibi, Rav Chia, he says that's not true. There is a way to make a comparison between Meiser Behema and the fruits. How so? Rav Shimon was of the opinion that an animal, even though it wasn't yet eight days old, was able to be put into the deer, was able to be put into the pen as part of the Meiser. So come Rabbi Mona, Im Rabbi Shammai. Rav Mona got up to have a conversation with Rav Shammai and he says, Amar at Amris Hada Milsa, it's not Hada, it should be Hada. At Amris Hada Milsa, did you actually say this thing that everything is like Reb Shimon? How can that be? Tamon Tanin, and we learn. Benaze Omer Ha'iluli Imis Asrin Laatzman, Lo Afilu Nolad Ad Esrim Betisha Be'elul. He didn't say anything about 22. He said that the, even in the month of Elul, it's all 29 days. So Islach Lameimar Benazai Kirib Shimon Velokirabana, you're getting all creative with this day 22 thing, Rib Shimon, that they're Nikhna Sladir, that even if they're less than eight days old, Benazai doesn't say that. So you can't 
force these words onto Ben Azai. Velokar he's not going to say like the regular shita where we don't assume that a child, uh, that, a, that an animal that's less than eight days old is, is part of the deer, part of the miser. Says the Gemara, no, we can get out of this as well. Maybe the comparison does exist between Maestro Behema and Peros. What did we say about the rabbis? You're right. We, we don't do the Maestro on these animals, which are only six days old, until the next fiscal year. But the animals, it's a rebate. But the animals count for the previous year. We, we do this all the time in our taxes. You spend money in a particular year, but it really was for the previous calendar year. All the time. This is Maestro Michal Yom. So same exact thing here. So Reb, Reb, the Rabbanu are going to say, it's a technical issue. Yeah, you can't give Meister when an animal is six days old. So if the animal is born on the 24th of Elul, you're right, the fiscal year will end before the Meister kicks in for this animal. So what? Do the Meister on Gimel Tishrei, but that's still going to be factored in from the previous fiscal year. That's, that's what we did by the Rabbanon, so we should do the same thing as well. So I'll read, the, read this again. Kema de'at, or five, six lines before the end of the, par- before the, end of the halacha. Just like the Rabbanan would say, the Rabbanan don't think that, a, that an animal that's less than eight days old can have miser on it. So what they'll say is do the miser at the beginning of the next fiscal year, just register the details back in the previous year. No problem at all. When Ben Azai doesn't say the 22nd of the month should be the cap, he says that the cap is 29th. It could be the same exact thing. And really we do compare it to Shlish. Says the Gemara, so that's what the Gemara says, that we could actually make a comparison between our world of Meiser Behema and the world of Meiser Peros. It seems to be that in regards to a Bechor who's Mechutzar Zman, Mechutzar Zman, namely that he was born after Makaf Bays of the month of Elul, he won't hit day eight prior to the end of the fiscal year, prior to the change of the year. So we still register that animal as a before of the previous year. So it says the Gemara, my father taught me this, uh, the same exact idea that this animal that's mechusar zman, and it won't become eight days old until after the, the year changes past Rosh Hashanah. We don't care. We still look at it at the previous year based on what? It's based on a pasach. How do we know that he's going to become uh, in that year? It's Mishat Leidaso Atmone Loshana. We always register its year of birth from the day it was born. Even though the animal is not yet eligible for Meister, it's not yet eligible for anything. Nothing. You can't bring a Corban on an animal that nothing. So because the animal is only six days old, whatever, it's days one, two, three, four, five, six, and seven days before Rosh Hashanah hits, we don't care. We still register that in, in that previous fiscal year. The same would be true by Meister Behema. And according to this version of the Gemara, yes, we do talk, have a comparison between the world of Meister Behema and the world of Meister Peros. That brings us to the end of this halacha. Baruch Hashem. The next Gemara is not as hard. Where's that one? Oh. I'm emotionally spent. But, uh, you know, we should take a break. Now. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. Right at the bottom of Dav Ches, Amar Aleph. We said already that we know the money was collected for the Maxis HaShekel and put into this uh, special room, the Lishka, where all the coins were kept. And we also said that the coins were kept in boxes. Here's how it worked. This is a little cryptic language, but if you look at the language, the math actually works. In three boxes, which had three units of three, namely the boxes held nine saw, each box held nine saw. So that was from Tormenes Alishka, that's how they would get the Lishka from these larger boxes. Fine. The cost of a land, Aleph, Beis, Gimel. The boxes were labeled one, two, and three, Aleph, Beis, and Gimel. And what they would do, and the Gemara will, will, will explicate this, is that they would finish box A, Aleph, and then they go to box Beis, and then they go to box, box Gimel. Rabbi Shmuel, Omer, 
very interesting historical note, especially if this was actually true. The Tanakhama, how they wrote Alab Bez and Gimel. Rabbi Shemal Omer, Yevanis Kasuvalein. It was actually written in Greek, Alpha Besa Gamma. It was written in uh, whatever the Greek letters were, were Alpha Beta Gamma. They were written in that way. Says the Gemara, when a person goes into the Lishka, when a person were to go in to extract money to pay, we had to make sure all of our checks and balances were in place to make sure that there was no Geneva. What was the Geneva that we were concerned about? They might steal a coin, they might steal. So, what were the rules? A wildly strict set of rules. Here we go. In a term, you cannot go in with an unsewn hem. Not with shoes. Not with sandals. We were afraid they were going to crack open the tefillin, tear out the partios, and stick in the chatziyashev. Unbelievable uh, level of nuance. It's incredible. We've spoken about Kamiya Masecha Shabbosan in, I think, in somewhere recently. Was it here? It wasn't here. It was in Psachim. We spoke about it in Psachim. That we spoke about the Kamiya, where they would have a little amulet. There was room for a parchment where they could get rid of Shadim. Yeah, there was a Shadim of the Zugos. That's where it was. Yeah. So, uh, so that's not, there we were afraid maybe you could fit a coin in there as well. And then says the Gemara, why do we not do any of this? So uh, obviously we don't want people to steal, but the bigger concern uh, wasn't the, th- the, the thievery. The bigger concern is what people might think might happen. Shema ye'ani, maybe the Kohen who went in there would become poor, and then everyone will talk about him. He became poor because he stole from the Lishka. Oh, Shema ye'ashir, maybe he'll become rich. No, he stole, that's how he became rich. So I heard in a beautiful share this morning, when people want to make a mockery, they'll, they'll argue both sides of the coin. They'll flip-flop. By, oh, oh, you're so poor, it's because you stole. Oh, you're so rich, that's because you stole. So there's not a lot of integrity in this approach. But the mission is just pointing out, this is what we're concerned about. We don't want the coin to be hit from both sides. And that's why the Mishnah ends with a beautiful hashkafa. A person has to make sure that they are above any concerns, any questions from the public. Just like you need to do in front of a Kodesh Baruch. Now, a Kodesh Baruch who knows that the Kohen, if he goes in, if he's honest or not. The Kohen, a Kodesh Baruch who knows that. But it's not like that. And people have to be above the fray and make sure that they don't do anything wrong. It's the famous story of the, the uh, Mishnah Brura that he uh, said in court uh, that he was chasing after the guy who stole from him. I forgive you, I forgive you, I forgive you. So uh, the, one of the lawyers in court, when they called the Mishnah Brura to court, they said, I, come on, the judge is like, seriously? And the, the, the lawyer is like, no, I don't believe the story either that he ran after him. But I can tell you this, they're not saying that story about me and you. They're saying it about the Chavetz Chaim, who was above the fray. So when someone has such a level of excellence that there's no room for criticism because everything is done safely, then uh, it, it makes things a lot safer. My Rabbi told me in, uh, in education with women, your door has to be floor to ceiling glass. <laughs> you never, you, uh, extra rule, extra halachos for yichud. No matter what, with your white, uh, so many rules to make sure that everything is safe. So you have to be super careful, of course, in that realm. But this is talking about Geneva. Just make sure that you're above the fray. The Gemara continues, bottom of the Chesed, but all of three lines from the bottom, Taman Taninon. In Masdech Shabbos, we had a discussion of Fanon and Filo Dal B'chamesh Kupos. You're allowed to move four or five, uh, five bales of hay. How big, are, how big are the bales? On Shabbos, you're allowed to move things to make room. Of course, you can't carry, but they're not moksa in this particular case. You're allowed to move them. How big were they? Rabzi Rashal, Les Rabyochia, Kama, Hushir, and Shalkupos. How big were these things? So says the Gemara, Amar Lei, turning to the top of Chesim and Beis, Nil Mod Sasim Imam We should learn out that which we don't know, Sasim, that which is hidden, Imam from that which is explicit. How so? Says the Gemara, Titania, look at our Mishnah. The Shalosh Kupos, Shalosh Sayin, Shahin Tisha Sayin, Shahin Esrim, Vishava Sayin. 
That's where we should learn it from, from a, from a brisa that's similar to our Mishnah. It's not actually our Mishnah. Our Mishnah doesn't say 27, but the, the Mishnah does the math for us. Every box, Aleph, Beis, and Gimel was 27 so. It was three, it was, it was nine so. Three times three is nine. And there were three of those, so that's 27. Because of Alein, this brisa continues similarly to our Mishnah, which says uh, Aleph, Beis, Gimel, but doesn't quote the sheet of Rabbi Shmuel uh, of Alpha, Beta, Gamma. That we don't see here. Even Aleph, Beis, and Gimel, the brisa concludes. Why does it say Aleph, Beis, and Gimel on the first, second, and third box, respectively? Because Mistapik, Mina, Rishona, Kodem, Lishnia, Mina, Shnia, Kodem, Lishishi, so that you finish the boxes in order. Very good. What's implied from here? We're learning the Sasim in Amafurish. We didn't know the answer to the bales of hay. We learned from our Mishnah that they can be huge. Uh, 27 saw, that's like almost the size of a, of a full-size mikvah. That's huge. That's, a, that's very big. That's a lot of material. So that's allowed to be moved. Tamlan Taninam, we learned elsewhere. In regards to the shiurim of carrying on Shabbos that were problematic, so we are always relative to the item. So it has to be that the isr of carrying is demizigas kos. kama shiurin shall kos. How big are we talking about? Let's again take a marimakom where we know something and apply it to that which we don't know. We don't know about what the shear is for a cup. Let's see if we can figure it out. Detani ribchia. Ribchia says arba kosos sheamru. Please note that this Gemara was meant to be learned on day two of Pesach. Uh, it should not have been learned on Cholamoid, uh, and it should have been on day two of Pesach, which is remarkable. Just to think about the details of, uh, of the, the Dalit Kosos, really just most of that we live in Chutzars, but that's fine. So says the Gemara, uh, what's the question here? Uh, let's see what, what our answer is. You want to learn about this? Because the Brisa says in the name of Rav Chia. Rav Chia was a very, very early Amor. We still use the word Tani. He uh, was one of the authors, or he was helping to author elements of the Mishnayis. Uh, he didn't write them, but he did uh, carry a lot of them. So he said as follows, a certain Italian wine. It had a, the shear was a Revis of wine. This Mishnah is like the Shit of Rabbi Huda. The Tani, what does is, what is the Mishnah say about liquids in their shear for carrying on Shabbos? When it comes to water, just enough to swallow. That's the value of, uh, of water. When you're very thirsty, you take a swig, that's, that's sufficient. Rabbi Huda argues, even less, just to wipe on your eyes. And when it comes to Yain, that was by water. By Yain, it's different. Right after the parentheses, about a quarter of the way down, Yain Kedegmiya. According to the Tanakama, Yain is just enough to swallow. However, Rabbi Huda Omer Kedemizigasakos. So we see that this Mishnah must be like Rabbi Huda, the Mishnah that we started with, that Rabbi quoted, because it says uh, it's a Revis, and a, and a Revis is much more than Kedegmiya. It's only like Rabbi Huda Kedemizigasakos. Mazug Bikama. How much is this? Nishma Ina Min We can learn. My, we saw how much are we talking about. So we have to paste a couple things together. Quoting this Bryce that we just quoted, Mind Tegmi of Rabbi Yehuda Omer, Shufa Bahenes Akilor. We don't need this first part of the Bryce, but by water, we saw the Tanakhama held Kedegmi, and Rabbi Yehuda said it was a little bit less. Skip the parentheses again. And when it came to Yain, the Machlokas reversed Kedegmiya. The Tanakhama says that it was uh, the amount to swallow, and Rabbi Yehuda Omer, Demizigat Sakos. Hada, Amrua, Mazuk, Demizigat Sakos, Kamashur, and Shakos. How much is this actually worth? How much taka are we talking about? What is Mizigat Sakos? How much liquid is it? Babin Omar. Titarton Viravia. It was a unit called the Titarton, and it was 1.25 of that equals our version of a Revius. Tomorrow's daf, well, really today's daf, the daf we're going to learn tomorrow. We'll speak about a Revius in nuance to help us understand this year. Good. About a third of the way down. What about drinking all four cups at once? Would that be considered sufficient? Maybe it's a little bit late to ask the question, and maybe it's a very bad idea. But um, with the cups we were drinking out of on Pesach, at my sister's house, they were like very small. They were like just, they were all four ounce cups. They were perfect. 
because you don't want to, you know, you want to be able to function normally in the Seder. So it was, a, they were like perfectly sized cups. But what happens if you drink all of them at once? Is that considered acceptable? So the Gemara proves from a, a very unique source. Fascinating. Let's say a person says halal on the first night of Pesach and Shul. Allah halamaisa, if you skip it in the Haggadah, you're Yotze. You were Yotze Haggadah. What do we say between cup three and four? But you can't skip steps, right? Ladina, technically speaking, according to this shita, if you said halal and shul, we don't do this. You should read the Haggadah through and through. But if technically speaking, if we were being, you know, bare bones, if you were to, if you were to not, uh, it's not, this is not the way to do it. But if one were to say halal on the, on the, on the first or second night of the Seder, and then they skipped it during the Seder, so then you'd be yotze. But what that means is if you were yotze in shul and you didn't say it in the Haggadah between cups three and four, there was nothing to say because that's halal. So the Gemara implies from there, it must be and that's perfect. So therefore, you are allowed to drink all four cups, one after the other, no problem. Because we see cups three and four can be put together. Because if you were Yotze and Shal, you wouldn't say Halawa in the Haggadah. Good, good. So that's a, a great argument. The Gemara continues, Okay, you answered the question about drinking it all at once. What if we drank them slowly over the evening? We were just sipping a little bit here and there, but it wasn't done in a way where it was, uh, where it was like the normal way to do it, the way we are makbid to do it now, which is we do our heseba and we kick back, hopefully the whole cup if we can. And if not, we drink rovkos, but we don't, it's not a slow drink. We pound it. We, we drink all the wine. You just get, get it. That's why you have to get a smaller cup or just not as strong of wine. Says the Gemara, what would the din be? You should be drinking it. It shouldn't be said that you get drunk. So as long as that a person's not gonna get not gonna get so drunk from it, then that's that's fine. I recall learning earlier the reverse that it's supposed to be something that can make you drunk. So that I heard it, the shear that I heard today when I was preparing for this said yeah, learn this Gemara a different way, but it's not the way that the art scroll paints this, and it's not the way that other Mephorshim paint this either. It seems to be that this is saying that because you will not get drunk, therefore it's the case. I hope that you can get drunk. Okay. Mal, let's say, let's say a person has yain for shvies, so can you use that to drink, says the Gemara. Yes, you can. But the post can write, if you have yain shal shvies, when you do dams for a day akinim, you should not take uh, anything out with your finger. Because you're not allowed to waste any of the shvis when you have to drink it all. So then you would that that year, if you're using shvis wine, whatever the case may be, you should not uh, you should not take anything out of it. Mal let's say the konditan is some type of mixed drink, but with wine, a wine base. Bar was a very early Amorahi and Levi. Levi and Bar Kapara were the authors of the Tosefta. We'll see a reference to the Tosefta in a couple of lines. That this is uh, treated halachically like wine. Good. That's great that you said you're yotze there. What about uh, being yotze with wine that's mazug? We, we've already assumed that, but now let's see the marimakomos. We are halfway down a little bit more. We need to make sure that, yes, you can drink them raw or you can drink them mazuk, a clear marimakom that you can drink the wine. It has to have the flavor of and the appearance of wine. And from here, Amar Virmiya mitzvah let's be yain adom. When a person is having the dalakotos, uh, maybe in general as well, they should try to have red wine. It should look red. So uh, I'm the great example of this. I can't drink red wine because it's a migraine trigger. So the post can say, guys, put a splash of something of red in there. So I had 95% of the wine 
was bartonura and a little splash of red wine. No problem at all. It should look red if you can. If you can mamish, if it's an allergy, that's different. You have to figure it out. And then we'll, we'll see in a moment how far one, one may have to go for the mitzvah of the Dalakosos, because apparently one of the Amorim had a headache for months afterwards. That's what the Gemara says. Tani, this olive here is not te'ena. This tani is tani. It's like from a brysa. The brysa writes, that if wine is cooked, Yain Mavushal, right? Our famous discussion of Yain Mavushal. If a guy opens Yain Shain Mavushal, it's a big problem. If it's Mavushal, it's less of a problem. So Tani Mavushal Kimisubal uh, from the word Tavlin of spices. If you have um, flavored wine with spices in it, then they're both halachically the same. Mal Mavushal. What's the din? Can you have Dalakosos with Yain Mavushal? So it says, Gemara, Marvioni, Yotzin, Yain Mavushal. Yeah, you can't. What is implied from here? That it's not the ideal. I don't know. I'm just, I'm just saying what the deal is. I'm not saying anything in halacha. But it does seem from here that it, uh, and you have to ask your local. What? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're Yotzin beYain Mavusha. You're Yotzin. Even from the question, you kind of felt where the Gemara was going. Mahu It just sounds very like, all right. If you can, if you didn't have the good stuff, then you can have the bad stuff. That's fine. And this is where the. You can ask. No, I'm just trying to follow the whole thing. What's what's the issue with Mavusha versus the non-Mavusha? Not the The non wine was considered to be a better wine. So here we're trying to have the best wine for this mitzvah. So it's not a, it's not like it's not wine. It's wine. Right. It's, a, it's better versus it's better versus less better. Yeah. Good versus less good, whatever the language is. It's not not because of quality. We'll we'll see in a moment. It is a considered a lower wine. It is. We got a header from the Gemara. The Gemara is going to paint this out with more detail. In fact, let's see that right here. The Gemara says in the name of Rav Yona, Yotzin b'yayin mevushal. And Rav Yona was the one who poskened it because he was the one who had the sensitivity to yayin. She'eno mevushal. Let's see what happened in the Gemara. Rav Yona l'taymin. The Rav Yona, kadhavashasi arbakasi de pischa. When he would drink the red wine, not the red wine, when he would drink the non-mevushal wine, when the, it was much stronger, havachazik reshad chaga. He would have a headache until chag. What, what's chag? Okay. The Aris girl says Shibuis, and the Mephor Shemir says Shibuis, but the word Chag throughout Shas always means Chag. Yeah. And that's just a very... What? It isn't like an allegory, like it was so bad because that was... What, uh, let's see, Chag, that would be 49 days from the Seder, right? That's still pretty bad. Or it means six months uh, of a headache. I have no idea. We'll we have to look we'll back there. there. We'll get there. We'll get there. there but I want to remember that we had this conversation then. Day. What? There must have been a difference between cooked wine back in the day and how it was different today. Well, the, the implication of the Gemara is very clear that Yain Mavushal was less strong than Yain Shalom Mavushal. That's right. clear. Absolutely. Absolutely. No, that's right. Now, yeah, it's still in the, in the sense of the fancier stuff is always on the bushel, right? But the, the alcohol content doesn't matter, and like we're saying, the Rashi light or whatever is not a bushel, right. but they're minutia in wineries, right. where I'm sure not the same. So that was the story of Riviona, who had a very bad headache. And the post can jump off the page here to ask the following question How far does one have to go? to uh, do a mitzvah. Do you have to put yourself in pain? Let's say that there's a year where there is no yayin mevushal. Do you have to drink and take either seven weeks or six months of a headache? All of them are bad. So how far do you have to go? Uh, we spoke about this in regards to people who have sensitivities for matzah. Matzah is a mitzvah deraisa. So the coasters are mitzvahs deravana. But by, even by the coasters, we're very makbid that people would sell the shirt off their back to make sure they have the dog kosos. So, and obviously by mitzvah sensational Torah, it's mevaz vezat chomesh. You have to give up 20% of your, of your liquid money. Absolutely. So these are shilas to be asked. 
Um, a couple of stories before we uh, uh, close out the day. Chamite, uh, she saw, Chamite, Chada Matronitsa, there was a noble woman who saw a person. It's talking about Rabbi Huda Bar but where's Rabbi Huda Bar in the Gemara? It's just almost out of the blue. So some of them before Shem say there wasn't really Rabbi Yona here. It was actually Rabbi Huda Bar But either way, this story is referring to Rabbi Huda Bar She saw Rabbi Huda Bar Apohi Nehirin. His face was glowing. Amra, she said to him, Saba Saba. Uh, I don't know. Was that uh, an old man? Got it. I'm sure it was a term of endearment and not a uh, not not a slap in the face. One of the following three things must be true by you. She had a tradition that if a person were to have a a, a glow on their face, it must have meant something. Oh, the shasvi chamraat, you drink a lot of wine. Oh, demalvi beribisat, you're really a sinner. You make a lot of money and you're just thrilled. You're you're selling things with interest. Oh, the megadal chaziriato, you're raising pigs, another profitable business. So he says, This woman is off her rocker. Totally incorrect. None of these three things are true of me. I learn a lot of Torah. Very simple. Very glad. He doesn't even, it's not that it's a gaiva thing. When you learn a lot of Torah, there's just certain dominoes that fall. And that's one of them. Rabbi Abo, Asi Litveria. One story about Rabbi Abo. Yeah, what happened at the beginning of the story? We don't know what happened in the beginning of the story, other than to say that this woman saw Rabbi Huda Barilai and his face was glowing. So she said, you must have done X, Y, or Z. He said, I didn't do X, Y, or Z. I did A. I learned to. Yeah, we don't have an, enough context here because we're not sure how. Yeah, it sounds like a Gersa issue. I don't know, which isn't surprising in Shkano, but uh, Rabbi Abou also the Tveria, when Rabbi Abou came to Tveria, Chamune, um, Chamune in Aramaic means to see. It's the third or fourth time we've had this in the Masechta. Chamune Tamidoy de Rav Yochanan apohi nehorin. The students of Rav Yochanan saw that the face of Rabbi Abo was shining. Amru Tamidim the Rav Yochanan Ashkach Rabbi Abo Sima. He found something amazing. So then Rav Yochanan also the Gabe. He went over to Rabbi Abo Amar Le. My Oraisa Chadat Shamas. What new vort did you hear? What geschmack piece of Torah did he didn't ask him about being Malva Beribis? Rabbi Yochanan knew Rabbi Abba was a tzaddik. It's a big Tamukhacha. So he called him out and he on exactly what it was. What did you find? What's the Chiddush? The only time you ever like this, Rabbi Abba, is when you find a new piece of Torah. So this is a very, very important historical moment. Omar Lei, Tosefta Atika. I found an old Tosefta that was written, new Brises, new Torah Satanaim that I'd never seen before. And he was lit up. So the Kara uh, Aleh, they said about him, Chachmas Adam Tatirpanov. This was, that is the idea. When there's that level of excitement, that Gishmakite about learning, which is hard to reach, it's a level where I'm not there, we're not there as a culture, we're usually not like that. But that is the level when a person learns a lot of Torah, has that type of excitement, then Chachmas Adam Tatirpanov. We'll stop right here, wishing you a beautiful night. Chag Sameach.